Welcome to Celestial Small Talk with Alice and CJ. Celestial Small Talk refers to the big ideas, profound revelations, and deep connections that are created in the briefest of encounters. It is often in these moments that an imperceptible shift in thought can bring about the biggest change, helping us to more fully embody our intuition. We strive to inspire, illuminate, question, provoke, and spark the unique constellation within. Happy New Gregorian Year, Celestial Small Talk listeners. We took a nice little break, both CJ, myself, and Alice, my co-host, so we could enjoy the holidays and not feel like we had to record. So welcome back to Celestial Small Talk. This will be our deep conversations and weave the tarot and astrology throughout. And I'd love to start by hearing from Alice. What is on your heart and mind today? Well, right after the new moon in Capricorn, I found myself getting so motivated and busy and it feels good being busy. And I'm not talking about the holiday busies. I actually didn't do anything for the holidays except seeing my partner, which was lovely. But I just felt extremely motivated, especially in Capricorn, which is my sixth house of physical health and services to other people and work and pet. I'm actually considering getting one. Um, very excited. I mean, it doesn't, it, it might sound impulsive, but this has been a decision that I've been mulling over for years. I take this very, very seriously. And that's why I don't have one yet, because I want to be sure that I'm ready and I feel ready. And um, I, I can't wait to meet my soul pet, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, so I got myself a treadmill that is under my desk and my desk is like a standing desk now. I feel motivated to make more responsible choices. And the thing about services is going to be a beautiful segue into our topic today. So before we get started, though, um, what's been on your heart and mine, CJ? Super interesting. You brought up the acceleration at the new moon because I felt the exact same thing. And I had heard that the new moon in Capricorn at the end of December was like the time to set your intentions for the upcoming year, 2023. And I just found like all of this stuff was coming to fruition. And I was like, wait, but I'm supposed to be resting. It's the holidays. Like I should be disconnecting. And the universe was like, no, here's this opportunity. No, here's this partnership. No, here are these, you know, orders that you have to fill, which was all super exciting. So I feel like that energy has just set a really nice pace for this upcoming year. And as of this recording, we are not yet in 2023, but by the time you listen to it, we we will be. So I'm always curious when we record these and then listen to them a couple of weeks later, like how things kind of manifest. So I am excited about a couple of opportunities that hopefully I'll get to share about on the podcast uh, in upcoming episodes. Um, But for today, I decided to light a power candle and we're going to say a little power spell. So wherever you find yourself, Celestial Small Talk listeners, 
take a nice deep breath in. Exhale it out. And if it feels good to close down the eyes and it is safe to do so, just listen to the sound of my voice. Notice your body in the space where you are and its relationship to support. Notice any smells or tastes lingering. And without focusing too much on the sights or sounds, maybe take stock of your internal landscape as well. And we're going to inhale this spell together. Knowing my part in divine will, I flow with power in all I do from a grain of sand to the entire universe. And we're going to exhale it out. And when you're ready to blink your eyes open and return to your regularly scheduled programming, you may do so or enjoy this permissioning to continue to listen with your eyes closed. So Alice, what have you got for us today? Well, you know, the full moon in Gemini that was like the middle of December had some very intense energy, um, which was actually in my 11th house of association and community. And at that point, there was just a lot of things that came up that made me really uncomfortable. I don't know if uncomfortable is the right word here, but really made me think and question my approach to my community. The full moon in Gemini was conjunct Mars and it was a retrograde Mars. So he was very much shaking me up and forced me to look in the mirror and ask myself, are you doing your part for your community? And I love how intense it was because when it gets really intense, and I think this is a really good reminder for all of us in these like really uncomfortable and shaken up kind of situation where you feel like something's wrong. It's really good to take a moment and maybe journal about it, kind of just sit with yourself and think and meditate if you do. Why it feels uncomfortable? What part of it is not aligned with your values? This is actually a really tough conversation for me because of a lot of my people-pleasing tendencies. To bring this up is it's challenging because at the same time, I feel like I have to make sure you're comfortable and I have to make sure the people listening are comfortable, but that's really not how we should approach things. So last time we went to a event together and at that event, I really wanted to feel at home because I felt like I was supposed to be home. I was surrounded by the people that I would identify with, but I had a really hard time connecting with them. This isn't something that is easy for me to say because I've been here 12 years and the 20th of December was my anniversary. And I really have pride myself in the ability to fit in, acclimate and be a part of the community. And 
I give myself a pat in the back when somebody said, oh, I didn't sense an accent. Like, you know, I thought you were born here. And yes, that feels great because, you know, like I've got the the skills to adapt anywhere. But at the same time, it feels like I'm also easily overlooked and unseen because of the parts of me that they're not seeing, the the things that happen in the background, you know. Going back to the part about being in this environment filled with the people who embrace spirituality, you know, which is a part of me that for years, I sort of just, I didn't let myself embrace. And so when you're a part of this and you're surrounded by everybody, you feel like, oh my gosh, this is the dream, right? I mean, this is everybody that, you know, these could be my soul family. And I got, I felt really bummed that I didn't feel connected to a lot of them. Like I didn't feel that instant connection, which is very much my 12th house in cancer. It's, you know, I set up expectations very vividly in my head and I dive in and I'm, and then I'm disappointed, which is my reality every day. Seriously, like I have expectations for everything and I'm always disappointed and that's the state of my being. But I did actually think about it and I realized what it was. It's because first of all, I didn't really embrace everything that was me. I was kind of trying to fit in. I was kind of trying to out parts of the conversations that I have heard something about that I could chime in or that I could pretend to be one of them, if that makes sense, which is something that I've been doing for the last 12 years, you know, trying to be here and fitting in and surviving. And I realized that, you know what, I don't have to be into or believe in what they believe in or do for their magic. I have my own magic and I need to allow everything to come out. And so um, I'm like rambling on, but the part of it that was important was the fact that I noticed that there was only two people of color in the room um, out of everybody. And um, this is like a, a really difficult topic to bring up for me because sometimes being a person of color and you hear people's opinions of how everything's coming up to the surface now, it's not always positive because even though there's like this fight for representation, there's also the resistance of the people who would say, you're just seeking attention and then riding the wave of, you know, all these other people who've been fighting for this for, you know, a long time. But I try to push it down. You know what? I deserve a spot at the table. I am slowly trying to figure out my mission. I've created um, my little group of people of color who love to explore their magic and details to follow. But this feels like it's both filling my lungs and also terrifying me at the same time. And that's how I know it's the right thing to do. Well, I can tell that this is a topic that is really close to your heart. So I feel privileged to be able to just kind of hold space for you and it and everything you brought up um, just in that. So if it feels good to take a breath together, let's do that. And what's super interesting, Alice, is that a card flew out of the deck before we even started recording. And it was the magician. And that speaks so much to everything that you have created because of your magic. When you think about these spaces where 
you aren't feeling full connection and the spaces you've created where you do feel that full connection, that is complete magician energy because it's taking information of, well, I have this expectation that this event and these interactions are going to go this way. I set myself up for disappointment. So what if I just created spaces and interactions with people where I know this will be safe and welcome? You have created that. And I also, I know you're talking about Mars, but the magician is very much, I think it's Mercury energy, where it's all about sort of the communication of what you need and what you want to create for yourself, and then assembling all of those tools and alchemizing them into something new, which is exactly what it sounds like you have done for yourself. And then when you were talking later about the same idea of step setting yourself up sort of for disappointment and, and noticing about um, parts of yourself that you have hidden, but then other parts that you felt very proud of sort of acclimating to, in this case, white supremacy. Um, two cards that came out were the sun and then the seven of fire, which this deck names as courage. And the two of those coming out together felt really beautiful because it's very normal for the brain to hold on to these confirmation biases like, well, I'll never be fully belonging because, you know, white supremacy is the norm in America, which, hello, if you didn't know that, it is. <laughs> and so even though you have curated spaces and communities where you do feel a measure of safety, you do feel like these are my people, these are the magicians that I can work with. There's also this sense of like, well, I'm never going to get full integration here because, you know, I just by virtue of, of being a Vietnamese woman living in America, like this is how America does things. It's shitty and it sucks. And I wish it was otherwise, but here we are. We live in the reality. And the sun, it's number 19 in the major arcana. So it is far down the line. It is, man, I have been through the weeds. I have been through the trenches. I have like fought and clawed my way up to the top of this hill. And I'm starting to see some semblance of light, right? What we often forget, and I know we've talked about before on this podcast, is that moment and turning around and surveying what we've done up until this point. The imagery on this card is two figures at the top of a tower and the tower is very floral and they're like nude and just like underneath the the sun who's like looking down on them radiantly. And to me, it's like, well, how did they get up there? They had to climb step by fucking step. They lost their clothes in the process. They are holding each other's hands for dear life. But look at them. They are now sitting in this glorious garden on the top of this gorgeous tower and the sun is shining down on them. So this is a moment of pride of saying, man, I've been through the weeds, man, I've been through the trenches, but let me just take a moment and take stock of everything I've been to up until this point. And then with the seven of fire having come out, I love that this deck calls it courage because 
um, the root of the word courage is coeur, which is French for heart. And everything that you are talking about doing is coming from a heart-led place. And when you're talking about sort of creating a mission for yourself, that is the driving force behind everything you do. I mean, I remember having a conversation not, not so long ago about how you know, you're kind of debating like a couple different ways forward. And then you were like, oh, I figured out why I was having such a hard time. I needed to create a mission. And the mission is basically your heart's motto, like your heart's guidance for what is going to lead you through. And sevens, interestingly, are often the card of taking something internal and now putting it on display. There can be a sense of doing that so that we're getting some kind of response from others. But the reminder of this card is that the only response that matters is the one that aligns with you. It's the action you take. It's not the reaction of anyone else that's going to define you moving forward. So the courage is reminding you to be heart-led and heart-focused and to keep that even in the face of anyone else's responses, reactions, you know, affirmations, denials of anything you put out there, because if it's coming from a heart-led place, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It's the success and the courage behind it that is that is actually the definition of success is that you did it and you did it from an aligned place. And that those are very empowering cards for this moment. I love that you mentioned the sun because my wallet is the sun. I have a wallet that has the sun tarot card on it. And I don't know a whole lot about tarot, but I looked it up and it fits. Like this is the energy I want to carry around. And I love this validation. It's very validating to hear that, you know, the things that I'm doing, the approach that I have right now, measuring everything to my values, to my heart, and making sure that these are the things that would be fulfilling for me in the end. I did talk about the mission. It, it was really that. Like I was just struggling because I'm a chameleon. I have fit into any situation. I can kind of think my way out of everything. I'm a problem solver. When I have an abundance of options, I freak out. <laughs> I work better in scarcity, basically. But uh, now that I'm like, I'm reminded every day that like I have an infinite amount of powers and creative energy to make anything of my life, I freak out. It was a great wake up call for me to just like, hey, I mean, if you're not feeling happy about these things, change it. Just do what you want to do. And I think that was the part of me that, you know, I just felt like I don't want other people to feel the way that I feel. And that's kind of like drove me to create this community that I'm so excited to announce once we feel comfortable sharing to the world. A lot of things are, are in the works and I just feel so proud of us and, and proud of the vision that we have together. But just basically a community for people like us who don't feel like we fit in with any of these other identities. Ironically, people move away from Christianity saying they want to embrace their spirituality. But then I felt pressure into just other mainstream witchy stuff that I don't feel connected to. I don't feel connected to Christianity. Why do I think I could feel connected to Wiccan or paganism or 
anything else that's kind of religion based. And I felt pressured into buying these candles and buying these little ingredients, making spells, which I haven't done. I am like, I'm very responsible with my spells. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I am not going to do it. You know, and have like the whole bookshelf of witchy spells and books. And I just don't feel excited to dive in that, you know what, why am I again trying to fit into some other mold when I'm just my own person? And I feel like a lot of us have this same idea that we have to do these particular things to be considered magic. You don't have to even call yourself a witch or a fairy or a mermaid or, you know, which by the way, I felt this is like from an Asian person's perspective, mermaid and witch and fairies, the very Eurocentric. We didn't grow up with those, you know, ideas and figures in our lives. We have other magical things, most of them very scary. <laughs> but I just felt completely liberated after I realized that, you know what, I actually don't have to be anything other than myself. I don't have to even call myself a witch. I can call myself a witch if I want to, and it's fun. Um, but I don't have to fit in these molds of like people dressing a certain way. Yeah, it's just like, I don't look like that. I don't think like that. But I have done plenty of manifestations on my own. Um, but I love the part that you talked about the seven of fire and putting things on displays to get a response. I think the response here isn't so much like, are they going to accept me? But I want the response to be, oh, that's a place for me. That's the place that I can be. I relate to that. And I'm happy you spoke up and I feel more empowered now. Well, as you were just talking about all of these different responses to what I had pulled, it was towards the beginning when you were talking about having a hard time with abundance and working well in a scarcity mindset, the moon came jumping out, which is interesting because it is the card just before the sun in the major arcana. And it is all about embracing one's wild side, which feels very apt to what you ended up speaking about, which is that a lot of the mainstream, magical, mystical, spiritual stuff harkens back to European legend lore stories. And the wild side of oneself is the instinct. It is what drives us from our ancestral homes towards what we most want for ourselves. And when I think about the possibilities of you connecting with your own culture, heritage, magical entities, and the power that's going to come from that, I mean, that feels really exciting to me to witness, you know? And the other part of the moon that's really important to remember is that the moon moves in cycles, right? So right now I'm getting a lot of like full moon energy from you, right? Like, I mean, we are at the first quarter. So we're thinking about having set these intentions with this December Capricorn new moon. And now we're really like taking the steps towards it. But then the full moon is like that illumination. It's the harvest. It's the, let me really see what's working. Let me really see what I need to realign, which we do in the third quarter. And then we do the whole process again at the next new moon. So the parallel ideas of working with scarcity and abundance and having that kind of like work with the natural cycles of the moon feels kind of apt. Like, you know, 
maybe giving yourself a really simple focus for the new moon, but then really reveling in the abundance at the full moon and then, you know, bringing it back to sort of the scarcity mindset or simple mindset, maybe simplified, let's say, um, that feels really nice. And then this whole idea of reconnecting with your ancestry, your heritage, your magic feels like we're going to get this whole new, like wild Alice coming out, uh, who's going to be howling. Um, if she wants to, only if you want to, uh, you know, I, I would love to hear you howl and see sort of, uh, that wild side come out. I remember back when you took a stand-up class and you sent a meme to our improv team that was like, it was someone who looked very business-like in the front, but then their backside was reflected in the mirror and they had like a thong and um, like leather stuff on in the back. And like, that was essentially what you were saying your comedy was like, it's like, it looks very professional, but then damn, do you get this like secret, sexy, you know, subversive side of Alice. And there's something about that here that parallels with this moon card. You are getting so great with this tarot comedy. I'm like cracking up just listening to your interpretation and description and, and just everything else, especially the part about how those two losing their clothes, climbing up to the sun. Oh, you're hilarious. Yeah, I do remember that meme. That was that was really funny. That's that's kind of how I feel. And um, but a lot of times people only see the front, you know, they don't really look to see what's behind behind that personality. I really appreciated the mention of the cycles. Um, I do work with the moon cycles a lot. So if you follow me on Instagram, that's basically mostly what I do with moon transits and things like that. And the planetary hours, same same way. I'm very much like very systematic about the way I approach things. I can't wait to to see the wild side. I don't know if it's actually going to be wild, but I think it's going to be very soul expanding and just what I need because I struggle with fitting in. Like, even though I'm such a dominant woman, I chase after what I want. I don't take no for an answer. I have a hard time taking that masculine energy into a group. When I'm in the middle of the group, my anxiety kicks in. And so I follow whatever else happens, instead of thinking, you know what, actually, I can create the space, I can create my community for myself. Like, why didn't I think of this earlier? Why do I keep finding other established groups and hope to fit in and feel disappointed when I don't? That's a very silly thing to do. I love the wolf reference. I have always felt like a wolf, actually, in the sense of like, I mean, a little bit of that lone wolf energy, but also just like, like very smart but in the background, mostly like you don't really see them roaming around wanting their, you know, existence, just keep to themselves, do what they need to do. But they're so powerful and scary, which I aspire to be. So interestingly, I'm catching a theme happening, which is the front facing customer service versus the back stock, you know, behind the counter. We've talked about that multiple times of, you know, kind of coming into a space and like putting on, you know, like a face and like picking up the things that you think that you know something about to be able to kind of like fit in. 
we referenced the the meme, uh, which go find online. It's hilarious. Um, and, you know, kind of like people only seeing the business side of Alice, like you kind of showing up and being this polished thing. And then you just mentioned that again. And as you were talking about that, the devil card came out, which um, your face just made a hilarious face, but it doesn't mean that you're the devil or anyone is the devil. Um, the devil is all about the shadow side. So the light and the dark. When we're talking about the sun, we see the part that has come to light, but we have to remember the darkness we've traversed. The devil is 15 in the May Kana, so it's even earlier than the moon. And this is the card that happens just before the tower. And the tower we know is this discontinuity of whatever had been happening the way it had been happening. The devil is the card prior to that where we really have to investigate the shadow side. And what it sounds like you're really trying to do, Alice, is take your shadow side, so the side that has been in the in the back, you know, has been on the sidelines, had been, has been sort of tucked away, and you are ready to kind of step into your power bring it to light, show the world the magician that you are, do that with courage, have this instinct and heart-led, you know, guidance to, to bring that all to the forefront. And I think it's really important within the devil to have a lot of compassion for oneself to say, man, I've been, you know, on this autopilot. I've been hiding this masculine energy. I have been, you know, trying to conform for this long. I had to do that to survive. I had to, to do that to maintain connection, to um, find some measure of security in this brand new country, in this brand new language with these brand new, very pale people. Um, it's very, very important that there's not shame or blame associated with identifying those shadow parts because while it's very easy to be like, man, why the fuck did I do that? Like ultimately you did that because that was what you needed to do to survive. Um, so as you're sort of excavating this devil side, the shadow side of yourself, um, that is really, that feels like a very tender process that it sounds like you have some people who might be able to identify if they have similar backgrounds to you that you could do that in a co-processing space um and then you can figure out how to how to safely bring that wild side into the sun because you also don't want to feel like you have to show every part of yourself like right away because that's not safe right your nervous system needs minimal change over time like that because because you're going to have the contraction along with the expansion but to expand slowly into those little shadowy corners shine a light in them dust them off and be like oh hey there you are that's that part of myself that I haven't seen for a while or this is another part of myself I'm ready to like bring to the forefront um it feels like a really exciting time for then you to be able to like break down all of these previous, you know, notions about who you should or shouldn't be in these social situations, how you should or shouldn't act in, in, you know, white dominated spaces and say like, man, I'm going to step into my full power with my instincts and heart at the forefront and like, look at the magic I'm creating.
Well, that was a really powerful speech. Thank you for that. Um, I find it interesting when you were talking about using the feminine energy to survive. That sounds to me so counterintuitive because I would think that I would step out and try to control more, which I do a lot. But I just realized right now that like in a social situation for me, like submit and like people please was the way to go. And I have to think about that, how to bring more masculine energy into social situations. Because in life, I have a lot of masculine energy. I'm like, I'm a go-getter, you know, I do everything. But when it comes to being in a part of a community or being in a, a group setting, I somehow kind of just want to fade into the background, like that meme of who is it in the Simpsons, just like walking backwards into the bush. That's me. I really enjoy this conversation. I wish I could say more about what I'm up to, but it is not mine anymore. It's a collective project now, and I want to get everybody's consent before I share, but I am so bloody excited. I haven't felt this excited about any project in a while. So I'm grateful for that. And uh, that's just segue right into our gratitude. I'm grateful for all these opportunities. I'm also really grateful for how things have gone smoothly these past two days, especially today, right before Mercury goes retrograde, because I just did my whole desk setup and my treadmill Something could have gone wrong and it could have been delayed, but no, it's just zip, zap, zop and done. This is so great. I've been so productive and um, it makes me happy. What are you grateful for? Well, we are in the shadow of Mercury retrograde, so that could be why microphone issues were abound. Um, I also think it's very interesting that both you and I have created new office spaces like working spaces over the last you know week or two, um, because I am feeling really grateful for this space I've created. I am in a closet of a bedroom, but it is big enough to be an office and it felt very cramped and crowded and it didn't have any color. And I've just, you know, painstakingly over the last few weeks, put up things that are inspirational, that are functional, and that just make me feel like I can step into my power here. So I'm grateful for that really working out and kind of coming to a head like last night, really too. And I'm grateful for these types of conversations. I will probably talk about this more on a later podcast, but I really found like I found my superpower over the last couple of weeks and it has to do with having these types of conversations. So I am just looking forward to more spaces where these types Types of conversations are possible where we can connect over deep heartfelt soul longings and work towards clarifying and bringing into the light what needs to be said and shared. So I am grateful for this conversation. I am grateful for you, Alice, and I am grateful for all of our celestial small talk listeners. I was just about to say, if you're not getting on CJ's email list, you're missing out. Her emails are packed with, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. I always feel happier after I read it. And you're hilarious, but also so smart and just like an absolute jam. And I, I think that 
you're missing out if you're not getting on her email list and, you know, getting these conversations with, with CJ and um, book a reading with her. But anyways, that's the end of episode five. And I'm super excited to bring even more of these beautiful, honest, raw, authentic conversations to you in further episodes. You can reach us at celestialsmalltalk at gmail.com and on Instagram at celestialsmalltalk. Please listen, like, review, share, grow, learn, and love. Until next time.